Welcome back to Odd Jobs, the Forgotten Career Detour. My name is Nikki Ruggles. Today I have uh, Nikki Ruggles, aka St. Ruggles, whatever you want to call me, it works. Got my father here today, Joe Ruggles. Uh, we're going to talk um, about how he got started. He's a real estate extraordinaire. Well, thank you, St. For having me. <laughs> Your show. <laughs> I'm honored to be one of the the very first guests here. Very first it's one. Great, great honor. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm like, glad to have you, here, Padre. Let me tell you. Uh, so, how did you fall into real estate? You know, back uh, way back, long time ago, I, I had some friends of mine that uh, were down in uh, Texas, and they said we the economy's booming and we're making lots of money in real estate. And you should move down to Dallas, Texas and join us and make a bunch of cash. Nice. Yeah. Sounded nice. Yeah. You know, when you have 20-year-old, 22-year-olds telling you, 23, 24-year-olds telling you, it's, it wasn't really a true story. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? It was too, like, it was just not that much money right away or a lot, a lot more hard work no, than they were, expected? they were selling mobile homes. Oh, trailers. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting real estate agent. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it was actually pretty interesting because the gentleman that owned the uh, dealership was really a uh, car dealer mm-hmm. from Midland, Texas. And he was a great, great businessman, but it was really, really tough. If we worked 60 hours a week, that was like a vacation week. And they said they give you days off, but the reality is you didn't want to take days off because you'd miss out on opportunities. Yeah. But it was um, it was nice introduction into housing, and then what would happen is we'd go and meet the people that would own the parks, mm-hmm. and then we and that was really where the issues became was trying to find space for the uh, mobile homes to fit on a, a park pad a location that would work for everybody. But, so it was, and then that intrigued me more about uh, land mm-hmm. and all that. And then a, a buddy of mine that I worked with there, he said I'm, he was getting his real estate license. And he said, I ought to get, and I said, well, I'm interested in that too. And then he went to work for a builder, actually. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, my first job after that was working for a small builder. Oh. Doesn't she know? Oh, God. I apologize, listeners. <laughs> We're in the early stages, <laughs> filming in my old bedroom above the garage. Mother apparently forgot that and <laughs> set the garage door to go. The dog's barking, the garage door's going. We keep it lively here on Odd Jobs with 727. What can you say? So, Padre, you uh, recently started into a new venture. A little bit. I did. You did? Yeah. How did the uh, idea for 727 Productions come about? Well, I think it's something I've been reading about for a long time. And also, I've taken courses on it. And I find it very, very interesting, you know, mm-hmm. to uh, develop a YouTube channel, develop uh, podcasts, and then also use it as a teaching tool for people. So if if anything, I think the the goal behind it really is that people can leave with something that they can really use. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kicking around ideas with UST. We talked about mm-hmm. uh, different things that came up and different jobs and things that have taught us things through time. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think back on my first job, 
Yes. Which was, Long uh, John Silvers. It was actually cutting grass. What? Yes. <laughs> I've been lied to my entire <laughs> life. Long John Silvers and, is hanging up yeah. as your, as yeah, your beginning. No, that's coming. But that's, uh, yeah, that is. It's actually the grass in front of the Long John Silvers. Because I cut that. <laughs> you cut that and then you got a job? Uh, yeah. That's what, what happened. Yeah, it was it was interesting. My uh, my father wanted to teach us. I think he always wanted to be an entrepreneur. He worked for a big corporation, so he wanted us to learn how to run our own business. Yeah. So he taught us, and it was interesting. You know, where he he taught us how to, uh, like, he didn't give us anything. He sold us his old lawnmower that barely ran, and <laughs> uh, drew up a note and made us sign it. So we had to make payments to him on the equipment, mm-hmm. and then um, he taught us how to. He well, he did give us. He he ran a bunch of flyers for us uh, back then. They didn't have color, so it was colored paper with Xerox. Oh gosh! Uh, two two dollars to cut your yard, fifty cents for trimming. Wow! So we sent that out. We had more business than we could <laughs> than we could handle. But I think when uh, my older brother and I showed up, we were uh, I don't know. I think maybe we were thirteen and twelve or something. Uh-huh. So uh, they were a little disappointed to see when we showed up that we weren't as professional as our flyer. <laughs> our lawnmower barely ran. Our tips, our tips greatly outweighed our uh, our fee for cutting the grass. <laughs> we didn't get called back many times. But. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> it was fun. So we did that. And uh, then um, one of our accounts, uh, we uh, talked to this guy. His name was Peppy. <laughs> Big old six five six five foot manager of Long John Silver's. Peppy. <laughs> Peppy. Yeah, I'll never forget him. <laughs> so he said he'd let us cut his grass, so we cut it, and then he had to start doing other things on the outside of the building, and then uh, I kept begging him to come inside and work, and um, probably broke some labor laws. He was he let me wash dishes at thirteen. I think he had to be wow. fourteen to get to work for it. <laughs> But you know, you talk about to wash dishes. You know, it was it was interesting because you think the hot water makes it more clean, but it really doesn't. It's how long you wash it for. Mm-hmm. But the hot water, while they use it, is it it the um, sanitizes? I'm sorry. It sanitizes or disinfects? Not real. Uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, the way it was presented to me, it just helps it dry faster. Oh, oh yeah, it was definitely with the hot steam. So they'd want. Mm-hmm. Because you're kind of burning through the plates in a fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. Back then when they had plates. I know that's odd to think of, but yeah, <laughs> they had real plates. <laughs> this is in the 70s. <laughs> At a fast food joint. <laughs> yeah. Classy. Very classy. classy. They kept it real. Yeah, classy. Classy. Yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty cool. So then, uh, yeah, I worked through there up through high school until we, we moved my senior high school up to Wisconsin from Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, but... Did that, and then from Wisconsin, like I said, I had buddies call me and went down to Texas and got into real estate. And then I think it was about 90, what was it, 1986, I had a friend of mine who told me, she said, this market is getting ready to crash. You need to start selling foreclosures or you're going to starve. Huh. Yeah. And I said, hmm, okay, you know, yeah. what's a foreclosure? <laughs> so I learned a lot about it and sold a lot of them. And we had a couple of pretty large accounts. On average, we carried maybe, um, yeah, say 150 listings. Wow. Yeah. But they were little, 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 little. Yeah, but still, it's like, like you always said, you know, you get a, a lot of little things, it builds up, and you, like, accumulate wealth from that. Yeah. We had, um, well, we had, I remember one time we had closed a house in Rawlett, Texas for... 
One more time. Rowlett. Rowlett. Rowlett Pictures. $110,000. Man, we just went out and had drinks that night. We were like, wow, we made a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) It was like $2,000 or something. (laughs) It's crazy. Oh, gosh. (laughs) We thought we were really making it. Because our other ones were, we took over a subdivision that had, um, they were duplexes, actually, that were selling for $50,000 a piece. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Wish I'd bought them all, right? So you, okay, so you went, and I thought it was just you at first, but you you went with your buddies. The buddies, same buddies introduced you to real estate. You guys kind of teamed up and created a, 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 you know, a partnership to kind of go out and sell together? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, they kind of morphed into that. One of them, uh, Mark Chapino, we called him Chip. He's, um... His last name was Pino, and you didn't call him... Chapino. Chapino? Mark Chapino. Mark Chapino. So it was Chip. Chip. Italian. Italian, though. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Chip, uh, he, uh, yeah, he went to, like I said, he went to work for a builder. And so it was, you know, and that was interesting to hear his insights of it. I, I guess I had always loved construction. I still love construction. And mm-hmm. I had wished that I had probably gotten more involved with that. Um, but thinking about it, yeah, my first job was with this builder, but he was not a very honest person. Mm. So he's one of these guys that didn't like to pay people. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. I have no experience with that at all. <laughs> Especially now. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, in Texas, that's a good way to end up dead. <laughs> so, oh, gosh. See, and this guy was from, I think, Australia. And he'd do like, he'd say, you know, go down there and pour a, pour a foundation you know, to the concrete company. Yeah. And then... Uh, They'd get finished. He said, I tell you what, I'm waiting on draw. I'm waiting money from my bank. Go pour another one, and then I'll pay you after that. And then he just never paid pay you. Him. Yeah. Or he'd wow. pay him, you know, renegotiate or something. But Wow. Yeah, it's amazing he stayed alive. I was just like, somebody is going to put a bullet in this guy. He oh, is, gosh. you know, you just can't do that with construction companies. Mm-mm. That's scummy. Yeah. That's scummy. Bad. But then the market started to turn, and he lost it, and that was actually one of our first listings then, is that when I... Oh, you took it. You took it over. Yeah, took it over. Wow. And that's where we we sat on site, and I brought on a buddy of mine that sat out there, and, uh, you know, we took turns, I guess. Yeah. We were doing it. Took turns, like, taking over the properties, or, like, helping out with the property, with that specific one? Yeah. Well, no, we had, uh, the bank had construction crews that were building it. Oh, okay. They came in, and then we, we sat on site and said people would come up for open houses. So it's like running an open house all the time. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's we, we kind of ran our office out of there. And, yeah. Nice. And then from there, right. So then, what was it? 19, what time is it? 1980? What was that? 86, 87, something like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, and it was a, a huge financial collapse. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, a lot of opportunities like now, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of opportunities. So it's What was the sign? How did your friend know that the market was going to collapse? Uh, she was, uh, I think, pretty smart lady, really. Mm-hmm. You know, she was a teacher turned realtor and just had been pretty experienced with resale properties. And mm-hmm. Anyhow. So she just kind of, she just kind of, yeah. I had someone, yeah, someone who uh, had, uh, back in California, she is into accounting and everything. And she was like, in the next, she told me, she's like, in the next two years, there's going to be a massive downfall in, in the economy. She was like, it's, she's like, she's like looking at all the statistics and everything. And for some reason, she was able to predict it. So wow. it's crazy. But 
Yeah. So anyway, okay, so it's 19, Alyssa, it's 1984, 86? 86, yeah, 86, 87, yeah. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. And then you go on a wonderful trip. Yeah, because I got my, let me see, I got my sales agent license my sales agent license in texas in 1984 and then i always tell people 83 but 83 is really when i was selling mobile homes and yeah. then uh 86 i got my broker's license 1993 i got my broker's license in georgia nice mm-hmm. so i like that yeah, but back to the foreclosures because there's lots of fun stories there, but I'll give you one. Yeah, <laughs> was... which, which uh, I, I want to hear the Longhorn one. That's it. That's, that's, the, the, that's the fun yeah. one? Sorry, a little bit of a spoiler, but yeah. Yeah, yeah spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the bank called up and they said, and, it, and at that time, and probably still, banks really consider realtors to be just disposable. You know, they're like um, mm-hmm. a commodity that they can get done what they do anywhere. So I was driving down to look at this foreclosure that they told me about, and the procedure is supposed to be that after the property is foreclosed on, they have a company that comes over and makes sure that the people have been evicted and they've moved out, mm-hmm. and then they change the locks on the house and secure it and make sure that you know nobody's living there. And yeah. Then they call a realtor. That's the way it's supposed to happen. Okay. A lot of times it doesn't. So, so sometimes you, you show up and it's you know somebody's still living in it and they're mad because the bank's taking their house away and you know oh. so it's, it's rough yeah you have to ease the situation be like i'm sorry this is just my job yeah and they call the banker and i'm like dude what are you doing to me <laughs> so, you yeah, into this so house. I'm, I'm going down to south dallas and it was uh, in in those days there wasn't I'm sure it's fully developed now but back then there was lots of fields so it just kind of looked like you know fields fields farmland almost you know but yeah. it's, but it would be like inside 285 in Atlanta or inside okay. 635 in Dallas Got so it. it's it's a little crazy so it'd be like driving the airport and seeing fields here yeah which is hard to imagine. But so I'm driving along and there's all these fields and I'm like, where is this place? I must have the wrong address. This has got to be completely wrong. And I look over in the distance and I can see this street of houses that are built right next to one another, really close, really <laughs> tight, little tiny houses, just in the middle of them. So it's like somebody developed a subdivision that is like maybe 12 homes. And they're all just oh. in a row? Yeah, right. Just in, like in one row. Yeah, 12, yeah it all ran into acreage. It's crazy. You don't got a front yard, but you sure got a backyard. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, uh, yeah, I mean, I bet it had kind of like here, it had like 10 feet between the houses or something. And yeah. then uh, this one had a fence and it was a brick ranch. And I pull up and there's a truck in the driveway. So I'm immediately thinking, oh my gosh, you know, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. And back then, I was so young, I always wore suits. Yeah. Always wore, well, always wore a suit with a tie, usually with cowboy boots. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was statement, it. Statement, fashion yeah, statement, gotta I do like it. it. Yeah, and it was, I, I just felt like my face, hard to believe, but my face was so young back then, I wanted people to think I was older. Oh, yeah. So I always wore a suit to make it look like I was, you know, and then older than that. Because how old were you at that point, like 24? Uh, what would I be back then? Uh, 25, yeah. 25, yeah, yeah. okay. 25, 25, 26, something like that, yeah. And, um, but I mean, I had been selling real estate since 23. So, yeah, yeah I just kind of early on, I started doing that. 
Anyway. Anyhow, so uh, driving up to this house, there's a truck in the front, and mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not good. So I skipped over to the neighbor next door, and this guy talks, walks, and dresses just like Mr. Rogers from the, <laughs> the kids' show. Mr. Rogers. Really? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he just starts, you know, filling my ear full of all kinds of stuff and the people who live there. And I said, well, I noticed the truck. Are they still living there? And he said, no, that's the guy that lives on the other side. He just parks his truck here because he knows it's empty. Oh. I said, okay. okay. So then I go up. The front door's open. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like Silence of the Lambs. I mean, it is just like the movie, you know, in that yeah. the house. And it, it's just like creepy dark. Yep. There's I mean, stuff I'm everywhere. Like, there's, there's a dead body in here. I just know it. There has to be. Yeah. yeah. There's got to be. All the drapes are shut. Oh, God. I'm like, Your heart must have been racing at that point. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cautious. Uh, actually, I had been up. Did true confession up drinking the night before, so I was wow. not feeling well, Oof. and that kind of you know compounded well, sort of, everything, yep. yeah. yeah, in a way because you're feeling a little nauseous. And I go up and I pull pull the drapes back, and dust just comes out. I mean, just like just <laughs> like they've never been opened in, oh, gosh. yeah. But I mean, just like dirt, and spider webs all over, and oh, I've got my gosh. suit on. I'm like, oh god, I can't believe this, you know? Yeah. So then I go up through the kitchen, and it's a little tiny, like, three-bedroom, two-bath house. Maybe it's even a two-bedroom. I just remember it really small. And I go back in the kitchen, and there's, like, a door with a window, you know, and halfway yeah. up, and it's got curtains on it. And I pull the curtains back, and lo and behold, what's in front of me looking at me? A longhorn. A longhorn stereo. This is, like, a residential lot. <laughs> I freaked out because like, this thing was like a foot away from me in this glass, and I don't think this—I don't think it'd take much for this thing to bust through a door. You oh know? gosh, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, so I, I go and I fly out back out the front door, and Mr. Rogers is standing there. <laughs> and I, then I'm, I really think I'm going to puke. I'm like, you know, kind of bending over and I'm breathing hard. Mr. It, Rogers here. There's a longhorn in the backyard. <laughs> oh my gosh! I thought someone was dead in the house. <laughs> Like there's a long arm back there. He goes, "Oh yeah, you know how Mr. Rogers talks. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the neighbors are all feeding it and taking care of it." And I was like, "You kidding me? You couldn't he tell said, me some about guy this? just pulled up and dropped it off." <laughs> <laughs> so then I proceeded to drive. The story gets kind of funnier actually. Uh, is that the guy? Uh, I said, "I got, I got to go back and tell the bank." So I. <laughs> I get my car and I have one of these, and cell phones were not common back then, but I mm-hmm. had I had one of my Cadillac, you know, and it, I think my bill was a thousand dollars a month. Oh my gosh! Yeah. To use your car phone? Yeah, because we were on it all the time. It was. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but minutes were outrageous when they first came out. It was crazy. Yeah. So it'd be like one day with the internet, I guess people will be like, "Wow, we get it free." Wait, what do you mean you paid for it? You know, yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, so. that's true. Watch it. You called it now. Yeah, but it anyhow. So it was in a bag, you know, and you pull it out of the bag and <laughs> you, you, you use it. You know, it had a cord on it. And, yeah. Uh, so I'm calling the banker. I'm saying, "Man, you're not gonna believe this." And yeah. he, he said, "Come over here." You know. So I I drive downtown Dallas, go up in this big skyscraper, go up the top floor, and this guy is like. Man, he's true Texan. He's got, I mean, all kinds of, let's just spit it out. He's got dead animals all over the wall, man. Ooh. He's got like, you know, 
buck and uh, you know different hunting trips and oh, God. so this is his office it's just like you know but he's he's the man he's like the, the banker of, yeah oh gosh <laughs> yeah he got boots on all this stuff it's texas you know yeah and he goes now you're telling me there's a longhorn steer in this backyard and i said there absolutely is i said i'm sorry i'm just a little you know a little shook up a little clamped you know, <laughs> with it. i said but i you know i don't quite know what to do so uh, anyhow, he went and the way the story evolved, he went and got his own personal trailer uh-huh. and got a couple other bankers. They picked up the Longhorn and took him to uh, animal protection or animal shelter. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so nice of them. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe someone just literally dumped an animal in the backyard of yeah. this place. They just were like, no one's living here. It'll and find its home. Carrots, I don't know what the neighbors are feeding. Carrots or what? I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Is it eating the grass? I don't, I don't know. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. That's I crazy. Yeah. That's wild. So anyhow, bank went through, fixed up, painted it, sold it. Closed, Done deal. You know? yeah, there you go. Done deal. Another one. Well, another one. Okay. That's so a crazy I, story. Yeah. It is. It's, it is a crazy story, especially as the first time. It's like a, a somebody new coming into it. Yeah. So another thing I want to ask you about, too, is it's passed a little bit in into your real estate stuff. Because I feel like, you know, you do it for a while. It takes a little bit to shake you up. To kind of like throw you off a little bit. I want to talk about George's house. Okay. Because I think that's just fascinating to me. Like, I mean, you've been doing it for a while. You've been doing it. And so, kind of, okay, so kind of like my understanding of the story is that dad, my dad had this house that was just uh, an old guy had just died in. His name was George. Uh, it was a really cute house. They fixed it up, painted it yellow, made it look adorable. And you guys couldn't get anybody to look at it. Everybody would come in there, didn't want to look at it. Even to the point where mom would be working there late at night and she would, like, doors would close. She would feel like a presence walking around her and she'd be like, George, knock it off, you know? So you guys then, uh, you, like, were determined. You were like, you know what? George has got to go. He's got to go into the light. Uh, so didn't you bring, did you bring Pastor Tom in? Yeah, that's what we did. We, um... Yeah, we were having, a, I mean, we, we couldn't even, I don't even think we could rent it. Yeah, we were trying yeah. to rent it. We were trying to sell it. We couldn't get anything on it. And that was kind of my signature at the time. Somebody had told me, and this is before all the real estate HGTV shows come on about flipping houses and all that. And yeah. We were, we were flipping houses is what we bought it for, an investment, really. And I'm trying to think who told me that. There was some lady down in town, and she said, you know, she said, if I have a hard-to-sell property, I paint it sunshine yellow, and it moves right away. Yeah. I was like, hmm, that seems good. So I painted it sunshine yellow with white trim. It was cute, little front porch. And yeah, and the, the previous owner passed away in the house. So that was that was tough. So we just felt like it had kind of this stigma about it. And it's true, just everybody looked at it. We couldn't get anything going on. And I felt it was a good price and everything else. Yeah, so we brought our pastor over. And um, I think we actually had, he had some holy water, I think. Mm-hmm. It's been so long, I'm trying to remember. So uh, we we went room by room, Mom and I and uh, Pastor Tom, and mm-hmm. uh, prayed. All three of us prayed together in every single room in the house. And then um, two days later, at least to some folks mm-hmm. that happened to be an undertaker. <laughs> Of all the tenants, right? Of all of them. Yeah. And then he turned out to be a horrible tenant. Oof. <laughs> yeah, he was like, didn't pay his rent and all that. And I, I guess I've always had a philosophy is that like, I don't, 
I know it may not seem like that, but I don't like conflict. I really don't, you know, yeah. especially when it comes to that. I'm sympathetic towards somebody having hardships. I get it. I've been there myself, you know. So I, I typically what I'll do is I'll I'll actually pay them to move. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll take it and I'll say, look, you tell me where you're going. I want to talk to your landlord and I will write him a check for your deposit or whatever mm-hmm. to get you to move on. Yeah. And then the rent you owe me, you know, it depends on how bad it was, but I normally wouldn't let him go much more past 30 days. So yeah. he owed me maybe a month and a half of rent or something. Mm-hmm. So we got him out. And then uh, it seems to me that we blessed it again and then buried St. Joe. That's a old yep. thing in the St. Joseph. Said mm-hmm. more prayers, and then a nice little lady bought it. Yeah, yeah, and I think she did real well on it. Made some good money. So yeah, yeah. So in your experience, as you've evolved from the beginnings of a humble yet excited uh, young whippersnapper starting off for real estate to now, like, what advice would you give to someone that's just starting off around the real estate path? Because it's it's completely different than when you first started. You know, but I mean, there's still some similarities and everything. Yeah, well, technology is the big difference now. Mm-hmm. You know, technology has just changed so much in the way we live compared to uh, back then. I, I remember I told an agent that I was training one time. I said we used to, we did. We had a one-page contract, and it had what was called carbon paper. Mm-hmm. It's a um, yeah. press on it, and it writes on the paper, and it, it was like four or five deep, and then you'd have the guy sign it, and or a girl and person, and yeah. Have them sign the contract, and then you tear off a sheet and give it to them, and tear off a sheet, and give it to somebody else, and wow. I do it right on the hood of my car. Wow! I carry a pile of them around with me. Some you know pre-filled out the way I wanted it or mm-hmm. whatever. But my my advice to anybody starting a business would be get a mentor. You know, find somebody who's really highly experienced. And believe me, experienced people want to help people out that are new in the business because somebody helped me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I had lots of uh, different, I was telling you this earlier, we were talking about it. I think at a point in my life when I was really not doing well, I mean, I was just, uh, honestly, ADHD off the charts. I mm-hmm. could barely focus. Uh, college, I didn't find any interest in it at all. I mean, it's just, it did, you know, I could hardly sit still. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, sales was kind of a natural for me probably to get into that. And I was working a full-time job, playing in a band, going to school. All mm-hmm. that was tough. But... Along the line, I met a guy who believed in me, mm-hmm. and he gave me a chance and took me underneath his wing, and that's a whole different story. But I think there's a lot of people out there, and I, you know, I'm one of them too. I mean, if I felt like somebody uh, called me up and said, "Hey, can you help me?" or "Can you, you know, help me get going?" I, you know, I'd be, I'll be happy to sit down with anybody and talk to them and give them direction. You know, mm-hmm. it, but as far as getting into this industry or any others, you know, I highly recommend getting a mentor, getting a coach. You know, and I think at any stage in your life, I think coaching is a valid thing. You know, it works. Mm-hmm. And the main thing for me has been, and I'd say I would probably have 10 times success if I do what I'm preaching right now. <laughs> and that's that uh, I've always been kind of like, do you know, I can do it myself. I'd rather just yeah. do it myself. Easier. Easier that way. Because yeah. we've had real estate companies with lots of people that have worked for us. And so I, I've always been one that like that. Looking back in my life, if I had gone to a number of people for advice, mm-hmm. that's what I would have done. So I'd recommend even getting a core group, maybe not just one person, but 
you know, maybe get five or six people that you really look up to, they're really mentors, or even if you have two or three strong ones, get all their opinions because not everybody's going to have the same opinion. Mm -hmm. And then you, you know, from there you've got to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the hard part, you know, is that, but if you have a lot of really great information from really experienced people, that decision will be easier than just trying to figure it out yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know part of it, I have went through a similar situation as dad knows about leaving a job recently. And I had to, I reached out to a lot of my friends and described it to them. Uh, and, but in this case, everyone had the same, <laughs> the same outcome. Everyone said the same thing. Uh, but you know, it's, but, and all, there's been other times too. I get that where, you know, you'll get, you'll get a different outlook. I know when I first started it, you you had the opposite. You didn't want me to start it, but mom did. And it was a big thing. But I mean, you know, it was helpful. It was really helpful hearing both sides of it. I'm very grateful for that, for you telling me. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what life's about. And uh, a friend a friend of mine, Bobby Irvin, that he, he's one that he's even came up with a, a name for it where he's, he has six mentors and he said I, I ask them about everything he said before I ask my wife to marry me I ask them yeah what their what their perspective on it you know and that's most people that seem a little crazy because you know you're really going with your heart yeah but I think they went and they kind of told them the ins and outs of it you know mm-hmm. what it's really like and that it's you know it's not it's a lot of fun and it's great having a life partner but it's like anything else you know there's like long term relationships you know like you have friends from back in high school and they mm-hmm. um, you know Certainly, you have downtimes and uptimes, and of course, just like family and anything else, you know. That's just a part of it. It's just sticking together. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. Get a mentor. Get a group that um, can lead you. That's what yeah. I'd recommend. And or if you're, you know, considering residential real estate or commercial real estate, I'd say get with a really good group that has training. Mm-hmm. You know, the education is such an important part. Do your research. Find you know, yeah. look around, and maybe connect on LinkedIn. Yeah, it's like some of the. Uh, how can I, yeah, with some of the people that do coaching, some of the things they say is that you want education, not entertainment. Mm, okay. Like certain people, like what they want to do is the easiest job. They want to just show up, get a check. Yeah. They want to be entertained when they get off work. Uh, you know, they just want to kind of live in for a paycheck kind of thing. Yeah. But successful people, they like to get there early and it, because it's not work. You know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you if you do what you love in life, and everybody says, oh, "I don't know how to do that." Well, you got to figure it out because that's, you know, it it won't become work yeah. because it's really to it's like real estate to me. Uh, there's other lots of times when I'm like, you know what, I, I mean, I almost enjoy this more than a vacation. It's because it's it's fun doing some of the things we do with houses and fixing them up and turning them. And you know, is it hard? Yeah, it's hard, but um, you know, in the end, it's very rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen a, a lot of good good houses come out from you putting in the time and effort into it. And you don't even think about that. Think about all the energy and good good, you know, good good energy and vibrations that you put into the house by building it all. That's like just pays it forward to the people that are going to live there. So not only are you helping yourself, you're benefiting them as well. Yeah, and that's very cool too to see people like as you know, uh, friends of ours that are young that have bought houses that you know, especially being older, I, I can just see their whole life in front of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know what, you're going to have, no matter what, it's your first house. Yes. It's like your first car. You know, you always remember it. Uh-huh. You're, you're always going to be fond of your first house, whether it's great or not. You're, you're going to love it. And there's going to be hopefully a lot of great memories that come out of that. You know? Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you for joining us today, Padre. Absolutely, STD. Appreciate it. Anytime, you know, having you here is delightful. Um, uh, thanks for teaching, teaching us here. I hope everybody enjoyed, enjoyed uh, just getting to pick, pick your brain a little bit. Uh, if anyone has any questions for Joe, go ahead and you can attach them. You can tweet us. I probably won't do Twitter. <laughs> you can do Instagram, whatever you feel like. But uh, thanks yeah, for joining visit us. Visit my website. Yeah, you can visit. JoeRuggles.com. Boom. R-U-G-G-L-E-S. Easy peasy. Uh, Instagram, JoeRugglesGA. Mm-hmm. Yep. At JoeRugglesGA. There we go. Perfect. All right. Well, peace and sayonara, everybody. <laughs>